Lost and Found, written and read by Isabel Fielding Smith. Prologue. I screamed, my lungs aching as my parents walked down the road, down to where the orphanage stood. The building towered over us, and as my parents left me on the steps, I stopped. She'll be okay, Rose, my father said. They walked very slowly away as I cried and fell into the dark hole in my heart. Chapter 1 I sat up, breathing heavily. Wake up, you lazy things, screamed the troll Ethel, banging her spoon on the frying pan. Well, she wasn't exactly a troll, she was a human. I groaned softly, knowing what she would say next. If you don't get up now, I'll make sure your father knows about this laziness. She walked up to me and whispered softly but threateningly, You, Lucy, are an extremely lucky orphan to be adopted by us, so get up and clean the dishes for your brothers and sisters now! Fine, I snapped. Her face had an expression of pure shock. I smirked in success of my daily challenge, recreating that look of shock. I had been doing it since the day I was left here by the orphanage at the age of five. It all started when... Sorry, I'm getting off track. Unwillingly, I rolled out of bed and woke up my six siblings. Molly, I sang softly, doing my daily routine of waking them up. Sophie, Rex, Thomas, Sally, and last but definitely not least, Millie, I said as they woke up. Suddenly, Millie fell out of bed. Millie, are you okay? Millie, Millie! She did not wake up fast, but she did wake eventually. As I recalled the time I was scared like this, I plunged into that terrible, terrible memory. Chapter 2 I woke up in my bed in the orphanage, next to my new best friend Lola. She'd been passed around lots of different families within the royal circle, each time with the aim of giving her a long time home. In reality, each move only lasted no longer than a few months until she was passed on again like some unwanted and inconvenient item. Even her foster parents never kept her for long, so I made a deal never to get adopted again. But then she broke it. One day a rich duchess came to adopt a child, and since Lola descended from a rich family, the Waltons, this came up in conversation and the duchess took great interest in her and started coming more regularly to see her. She gave her sweets and took her on outings. Finally, one painful day, she decided to adopt Lola. As Lola was packing, she told me how she did not want to go and would cry without me. I didn't care she was my best friend anymore. She'd broken our promise. That was all that mattered. I screamed and cried for several hours until finally the ladies came to see what was wrong. I told them about how scared I was that Lola would forget me. They said they would try and fix it, that they could not. They had good intentions but lacked the authority to reverse the wheels that were in motion. I was so overwhelmed with sadness that I took matters into my own hands. I got to work forging a note for the Duchess. Dear Miss Fox, Due to some terrible behaviour from Miss Lola Walton, she may no longer be adopted by you. We are very sorry to say this terrible information, but here are a list of things he has done. Pulling younger girls' hair, teasing them and calling them names. 
We could go on, but it would take up another three pages. It is too much sorry to conclude this, but as we train girls to be kind, caring and resourceful, which she has not completed, we must cancel her adoption. Please keep this information private. Sincerest apologies, Miss Agatha Tornaby. Sneaked it into the post box we used to send letters to older girls who had left, thinking that one day humans would have something that you could communicate with, like talking through a device. I knew she'd received the letter by the next day and would have probably read my letter, but I had no idea about when or if she would respond and hopefully not turn up to adopt Lola. Only time would tell. Three days had passed. There was no response or visit from Miss Fox. Lola was devastated, but she had no, she knew I had something to do with it and never spoke to me again. She wrote a note saying that I was a desperate child to be adopted by a strict pair of parents. Then I was adopted by Ethel and Roger, the parents that got the note from Lola. Chapter 3 I sat up, breathing heavily, sweat dripping off my face, looking up at the dirty faces, staring and mumbling to each other. Molly, Sophie, Rex, Thomas, Sally, what happened? You went to sleep, Molly squeaked in her tiny voice. You said something about Lola, Sophie stated. We were scared, Rex said. Yes, Thomas said in his hoarse voice. Scary. Baby Sally mumbled. Suddenly, something jumped on me, saying, Lucy, 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 I knew you'd be okay. Millie beamed at me. Quiet, you little brats, demanded Ethel. She shoved past with her frying pan to see what had happened. When she saw me on the floor, she screamed at me for several minutes. Things like, You did not complete my task. You fell asleep on the job. Why do we own you? Did you dream nicely? That's for bed. And she went on like that for several minutes. Later, when she finished her unbearable ranting, she told me to go to bed immediately. I was sure I was in big trouble with Ethel for not doing what she said. I needed to leave this place as soon as possible. Now... But the children, they'd be alone. No one to look after them, save them from Ethel's ranting. But I have to leave. I have to. I can't stay anymore. I was packing my bag to go when Millie came in to say something to me. But when she saw I was packing, she just hugged me. Goodbye, Lucy, were the last words I heard from her. I climbed out, into the, out the window and set off on my journey into the town. Chapter 4 I was free to go anywhere I wanted, but I have my own restrictions. I will find my parents. There was a note telling the orphanage where they lived in case of emergencies. I was eight when I found the note. It said, Please look after our darling daughter. Her name is Lucy Rose Smith. She's one year and four months old. In case anything happens, our address is 199 Elephant Road. Please look after her dearly. Yours sincerely, Mr and Mrs Smith. Tears rolled down my face at the memory of my parents. I can't wait to find them.
if they're still alive. As I walked through the town, I couldn't help noticing that other people were whispering to each other about my terrible clothing. One woman even had the cheek to ask if I was a beggar. I just ignored her and carried on my long journey. I tore through the town, my feet bleeding from the hard pavement floor. I'd never been outside the house before. Well, I had been in the garden. This was amazing. I didn't understand that the little children didn't like it out here. I was free. Oh, my life really was amazing. There was a free shoe store and a medical equipment store in the market. So I bought some bandages for my foot with some money I'd stolen from Ethel. I got some shoes and kept going. Suddenly, something caught my eye. I knew what this was. I'd been wanting to go there since I'd first seen it. Now I had my chance. I sprinted down towards it and looked up at the old oak tree. I wanted to climb this tree for such a long time. I scampered up to one of the branches. It was really high. I felt dizzyingly sick. There was a rustle in the bushes, which fed the butterflies of my stomach. Out of the branches pops a girl. She was tall and had dark hair cut in a short bob, very pale skin, and a shredded t-shirt and ripped jeans. It's very high, I mumbled to a challenging girl. I live up here, she said calmly. Oh, I squeaked, scared. I'm Meg, I named myself. I was abandoned here when I was three. I'm Lucy. I slowly edged towards the branch, the branch wobbling as I moved. Stop, don't go any further, she growled. I took no notice and kept going. Her voice softened. Please listen, stop, she pleaded. Suddenly there was a snap. My eyes widened and the last thing I saw was Meg's eyes widen, her arms lunging to me but missing, everything going black as I tumbled down to the hard pavement. Chapter 5. A piercing scream. That was all I could hear as I tumbled down. As I tumbled down that tree, I watched Meg's eyes widen, her lunging and black creeping into my eyes. I fought the urge to let death take me, to leave this world where only life and death mattered. I would find a life where I was not alone. But something made me feel that I should carry on. My miserable journey to find my parents. If I survived this fall, but darkness took over and my worries died as I fell. Darkness. I did not know what miracle kept me alive that day. I remember the screams of the large crowd of people. The lady who called me a beggar saying something about a bird saving me, but as I lie here in the hospital, I know that this was impossible. The pain in my head was so unbearable I could hear the doctor mumbling to the nurse. I don't know if she's going to get through it. The severe conditions she's experiencing. I'm alive, what's going on? I interrupted. Silence. Oh my, the nurse said and promptly ran away. I'll leave it to you, doctor. Look, a nice lady who went by the name of Meg came and told me you'd fallen out of a tree. She was very panicked, so I came to see what had happened. When I got there, you were lying there, unmoving, 
so he took you in the ambulance. How long was I out cold? I interrupted while trying to get out of bed. Oh, one week. What? Oh no, Ethel will be looking for me and the kids and I'll be wanted. Oh, I'm imagining it now. I posted the thing, wanted. Lucy Rose Smith. Wait, what did you say your name was? Lucy Rose Smith? I said, worried that he would report me to the police. Rose, come here. She's home, he said through tears gathering in his eyes. I looked into those eyes and fell into a time machine, taking me back, remembering those eyes as I fell back in time. Chapter 6 Papa, I squealed as I looked into his eyes. He smiled at me and called out, Rose, I think it's time for dinner. It's seven o'clock. Coming, Rose replied, waltzing down the stairs, the baby in her arms. We should give the baby a name. Mega, I shouted. Yes, Meg, short for Megan. Epilogue. Me, Mum and Dad walked through the park, calling her name. Meg! Meg! I called, hoping she'd come down from the tree. It's me, Lucy. Come down. There was a rustle in the bushes. Meg climbed down and stopped still. Mum? Dad? She said. And your sister, said Mum. Me. Thank you for listening to my story. I hope you liked it. I wrote this story because my parents mean a lot to me. So I wrote this story to see what it would be like to lose and find your parents. Thank you for listening to my story. Bye.